Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Don't go back home. Don't look at the past. Don't waver. Head forward. Paul says it like this, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward to the prize of the high calling, forgetting those things that are behind. Many people in life have allowed hurts to keep them from going forward. You will never accomplish the will of God by looking in the past, only by going forward. We've all been hurt. The older we get, the more hurts we seem to accumulate. Jesus understood this when he confronted the men that had excuses for not following him. Despite their stated desire to become his disciples, Pastor Mark will be teaching about our need to do something that's really hard for humans to do. Let go of the past, particularly hurts, wrongs, and the like. He'll explain how they're like chains that weigh us down and keep us from finding our ultimate purpose in Jesus. We'll see how the cares of these men's lives and their unwillingness to discard them ultimately cost them a place in God's family. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he concludes his message, Would've, Could've, Should've, Didn't. Why did Jesus come to this earth? How many people did he come to save? Let me see if you know the answer. All people. Were the Samaritans people that God wanted to save? Half-breeds, were they? Yeah. Let me ask you a harder one. ISIS? Of course. All people. So the disciples didn't get it. It's almost the same thing. They're not for us, so let's just nuke them. Well, just think about it in your mind. If they kill them, any chance for them to go to heaven? Of course not. Sometimes in the Bible, we know this verse by heart. You don't need to turn there, John 3.16. But we don't know the next verse. Let me read the verse so you'll be in context. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, this one and only son, that whoever believed in him should what? Not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus came for the whole world. People don't understand the love of God. Listen to verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, they saw the Samaritans as their enemy. What did Jesus already teach his disciples about what what should we do to our enemies? Nuke them? No, do what? Love them and what? Pray for them. So why would God put verse 17 in the Bible? God didn't come to condemn the world. Because most of our friends outside this building, and maybe some of you in here today, 
have the wrong character of God. God's angry, unapproachable. He wants to have as few people in heaven as possible. Doesn't like people like that. People that curse him, he's going to get rid of them. Well, that is not the nature of God. Love never fails. He loves every. He hates people that reject him. So he knows that the world, because of Satan, well, you have to do this in the church, and God's angry with you, and everything is so narrow, there's no joy in church. All lies. See, outside this building, people don't know who God is. We know who God is. He's love. He's filled with grace. So Jesus is saying to them, you guys are slow learners. We didn't come to condemn the world. We came to change the world through salvation and grace. Let me remind you of that this morning. He loves the whole world. Now, what were those disciples doing when they said to each other, let's nuke them? They were making God look bad. We want to make God look good. That's what love and grace is all about. Thank you for being the right kind of people. Now, he's going to be interacting with three men. I'm going to have three men come out. They're going to sit out here this morning. Watch me. Two of the men are going to come to Jesus and say, hey, I'm following you. And in between those two is another man that Jesus walks by and goes out of the crowd. Hey, you, come here, follow me. So how is that going to look? These guys are going to read this morning from uh, the Message Bible. And you you can find it right where you're at here. If you'll turn uh, over here to verse 57, you're going to see what this like. Let me just preface it with this. When Jesus began calling people, follow me, He required a commitment. Deny self, take up your cross, follow me. It wasn't a decision that I could change. It was a commitment, going for it. He never reduced that. He never said, well, you can follow me for a little while, but if it's really not what you want, then just go ahead. No, he he asked for a commitment. He's making a commitment. I'm headed to Jerusalem. Nothing's going to stop me. In the old days, when you got married, we made a commitment to our spouse. Till death do us part. That's gone. That's gone for many people. So you're going to see him addressing three guys and what they're going to talk about. So listen to the first one right here. Verse 57. On the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. And Jesus was blunt and said, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best of hotels, you know. Pretty good out of the Bible, huh, baby? Message Bible. So what happens? This man hears about Jesus. It's a happening thing in those days. I mean, Jesus, his name is on the street everywhere. People following him all over the place. People getting healed, demons coming out. Man, they wanted to be part of it. So this man saw the fame. He saw the popularity. He saw the miracles. All he could think about in his heart is, this has got to be the in-group. I'm headed there. I got to follow this guy. I want to, I want to people to say, well, who are you following? Jesus. It's fantastic. So he asks to be a follower of Jesus. Now, 
you're going to see in a moment, in verse 58, how Jesus responds. Let me give you my rendition of how Jesus responds. And Jesus says to this young man, hey, glad to have you. Come on, follow me. You probably noticed, I know you've noticed, we're very wealthy. Everybody that follows us is prosperous. That's really God's will for you. And by the way, tonight... If you really start following me today, I'm headed to Jerusalem. And I guarantee you, I have a room. I'll make sure you have a room. And it's one of my favorite places in Jerusalem. It's the Jerusalem Ritz-Carlton. It's fantastic. They have free Wi-Fi. The view is great. And the breakfast buffet is to die for, man. Is that what Jesus is going to say to him? Well, look what he says in verse 58. Jesus replied, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have a nest, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, is he saying that in anger? No, he's saying it in love. He wants to say to this guy, I appreciate you wanting to follow me, but you don't have a clue. You don't know what the lifestyle's like. You have to make a commitment. It is fantastic. It is the greatest lifestyle in all the world. For sure, Jesus is saying that. But it's going to cost you. And he uses an interesting illustration. He says, sometimes I don't have the comforts of home that even animals do. I have no place to lay my head. Remember Samaria? Couldn't find a place to stay. And Jesus wasn't trying to look for sympathy. Well, woe is me. You know, I'm a pastor. Any pastor that gets up and says to you, well, I'm a poor pastor. Please give money so somebody can give me a raise and I can have bread on the table. Don't listen to that turkey. He's in it for the wrong reason anyway. You guys bless us all. None of, we're not in it for the money. We're in it for Jesus. And same as you. You're not in it for the money. And he's trying to say to this guy, don't think your emotional deal is going to last It's going to cost you. Jesus was not a homeless man. He had lots of friends. He stayed in Mary and Martha's home and remember Lazarus. One of those kind of things. I just love what Jesus did. He wanted this man to know the truth. Well, what is the truth? The truth is simply this. It will cost you to follow Jesus. But it costs you a lot more not to follow Jesus. Say, but Pastor Mark, why do we should we tell people that? Just let's not tell them that. Well, what happens when they come to Christ and then all hell breaks loose in their life? You didn't tell me about this. Yes, we did. But it doesn't matter because everybody goes through hell in their life. All kinds of bad things happen to all of us in our life. But we have God in us and with us. That's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. Many times... Pastors, we're ministering to people and we go to funerals and they don't know the Lord and all those kind of things. And you wonder how in the world they're getting through this disaster. It's because of God. We have hope. and We have the Holy Spirit in us. So this is a loving thing. He says, you need to know it's going to cost you. It is an excitement, of, a joy of life, a fulfillment. It is difficult. But making a quick emotional decision will never last. So the problem is a hasty emotional decision. The solution, count the cost. Make a commitment, not a decision. You're going to go for it. Some of you this morning need to make that. See, you've been waiting and you'll see what it does with the next man. So make a commitment and follow Jesus. Now listen to the second man. He comes, uh, he's picked by Jesus. 
Pretty good, eh? Jesus picked him out of the crowd. Follow me. Listen to this. Jesus said to another, follow me. Verse 59, he said, certainly, but first excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First things first, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. So announce God's kingdom. Wow. If you look at verse 59, you notice something. Lord, first, I have to do this. That's an oxymoron. Deny self and follow. Not, not Lord, first me. So you can't call Jesus Lord and then set the priority of your life. This is what this guy's doing. A me first person will never follow Jesus. Now, it sounds strange, especially when you see verse 60. Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Let me explain to you the context. It isn't harsh or cruel. Jesus is not saying, uh, let your relatives take the body to the gravesite. You come and follow me. Everything's fine. They'll take care of the dead. Don't worry about the dead. Let's go on and take care of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. That's not at all what happened. If you go to the Middle East today, it's exactly the same as it was in those days. Any person that dies in the Middle East, they're buried the same day. So what is, it, what is really happening? What is the real statement here? Here's what the man is saying. I will follow you after my father dies. He wasn't anywhere near death. It's after. Now, why would he say that? In that patriarchal system, the son, when the father died and the children are there, who was the next one in line that would get all the riches, the stuff, the whatever? The son. So what is the son really saying? Uh, I'd be glad to follow you, but I'm waiting, baby, till my dad goes, because I'm getting all that. If I follow you, I don't be around. It's going to go to somebody else. I ain't giving up that. Do you see the difference? So who is he thinking about? Jesus or himself? Himself. And Jesus is saying, well, you want to tie up all the loose ends of life and then follow me? How long is that going to take? There's always loose ends in life. Well, wait till my father dies, then I'll follow you. Let me ask you to put something in this morning. What's hindering you from following Jesus Christ this morning? I'll just put some things in a blank. Pastor Mark, wait until my business is really established. Then I'll totally follow Jesus. Pastor Mark, wait till the kids graduate from high school and they're out of the house, then I'll really follow you, God. And God, you know, I'm, in, I'm a student. I'm in my third year, and I've got that and a master's degree. When I finish that, then I'll follow you. I'm actually dating this amazing girl, this amazing guy, and I think they're the one, even though not a Christian, but I want to make sure that's in line before we have to get married. Then I'll follow you. And Pastor Mark, when the kids leave home, no more sucker, no nothing. Man, I can just follow you full time, no problem. Pastor Mark, when I finally retire, I have no responsibilities, my 401k is Great. Then I'll follow you. Did I hit any of them? Jesus, no, that's not the way it works. By the way, how many of you know loose ends will never all get tied up? The kids leave, they come home again. <laughs> I said that with a loving amen. Okay. <laughs> what is your excuse? 
Jesus said, no excuses, no reluctance. You put me first place, everything else falls in place. This week, Linda and I, over the last few weeks, had some issues that we were working on, certain purchase and stuff like that. And all kinds of stuff was happening. We knew what we needed. We had to make this purchase, do all these kind of things. And we just prayed, and it was all confusing to us. And uh, on Saturday morning, we were going to talk with somebody. We just prayed again. We'd been praying the whole time. God, just, just give us a piece, something. We walked in. won't give you any of the details. It doesn't matter. The whole thing went through. And in a couple months, the individual said this, this, and this. And I just said, excuse us. We need just a couple minutes to pray. And so and he left, and, and we just prayed. It took us one minute. We looked at each other, and the peace of God went from here. I feel it right now, right down to my toes. It was God. Can I challenge you this morning? If you put God in first place in your life, everything else works. If you're confused this morning, that is not from God. The Bible says wisdom is from God. Confusion doesn't come from God. So we were waiting to get that peace. The minute I got that peace, I called him by our back. He couldn't get around the corner. I said, we're done, finished. He said, really? Like the prayer that fast? Yeah, because it was a peace of God. You can't manufacture that. That comes when you know you put God first and he honored it. Don't delay. Just say to God, okay, no excuses, no procrastination. I'm just going to follow you today. Here's the third man. Verse 61. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master. But first, excuse me, will I get things straightened out at home? Verse 62. Jesus said, no procrastination. No backward looks. You can't put king, God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. So what is happening? This man is wavering in his commitment. He's made the commitment. He's actually come to Jesus himself. And he says, uh, um, I wonder if this is the right thing to do or not. He's beginning to waver. And Jesus knows if he goes home, there's a chance the people at home are going to actually kind of get him on. You're going to do what? Have you thought this through? They're going to kind of distract him. And look how Jesus answers in verse 62. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service for the kingdom of God. What is he saying? He used agriculture. When, When you're taking a crazy plow and going straight, and you're planting the seeds, you can't look back and drive the thing. There's no way. So he says, there's no way to follow me and accomplish what I have planned for you if you're always second-guessing whether you should have followed me or not. So he calls for singleness of purpose. He calls for total commitment. And what he's really saying is this. Listen, you and I cannot follow Jesus with our focus on our past. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, keep your eyes on Jesus. Go forward. Let me ask you this morning, as you're thinking about this, this is a little rear view mirror. I didn't steal it. I just borrowed it from a neighbor's car. He'll notice when he backs out of the garage. No, I'm just joking with you. If you want to give me a ride home this morning, I'd take it. But the minute we got out of this parking lot and I watch you drive and you're driving like this, not looking through the windshield, I'm asking for you to let me out of the car immediately because you ain't going nowhere. There's many of you this morning 
Here's how you live life. You can't hardly see forward. You're always focused on what happened in the past. You can't do anything about the past. All you can do is learn from it. Satan always likes to take us to the past. If only. I want to challenge you this morning. Jesus is the man. No, no, no. Don't go back home. Don't look at the past. Don't waver. Head forward. Paul says it like this. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward to the prize of the high calling. Forgetting those things that are behind. Many people in life have allowed hurts to keep them from going forward. You will never accomplish the will of God by looking to the past, only by going forward. I want many of you to leave your past right here in this chair and walk out of here freed this morning. Leave it, forget it, keep your eyes on Jesus. Well, Pastor Mark, I got hurt. Join the club. We've all been. It's not easy. But the enemy always brings that back. And you can never go forward like this. That's what Jesus says right here. Cut it out. Either decide or not decide. And if you're going to decide, you have to look forward. We have a lot to look forward to. His name is Jesus. And we just go forward. Now. So what was the problem with this young man? Divided heart and commitment. So the solution Jesus says is this, simply this, leave the past in the past, make a commitment today, and follow me. Somebody came up in one of the services this weekend. She gave me the whole story. She said, I'm leaving the past in the past. Been fussing with it forever. Hurtful situation. She's freed as she walked out of this building this morning. Now, these guys are going to walk off the stage. Thank you. Let's give them a hand this morning, would you? Great, great. You say, Pastor Mark, why'd you use a girl, these guys on the stage, so you wouldn't fall asleep while I'm teaching? That's why I did it. <laughs> Nothing on the screen, so you got to see live people. How many of these people are left following? If I'm Jesus, is there anybody to follow me here? Out of the three, is anybody following me? No, they left. Luke doesn't tell us that any of those three followed Jesus. The worst decision of their entire life. I titled this teaching this morning. Those of you that are on the internet, you can see it. Let me read it to you. Would have, could have, should have, didn't. Is that you this morning? I would have. I could have. I should have but I didn't. That's your choice. You can change that this morning. Some of you known a long time ago you should follow Jesus Christ. And you haven't. Would have, could have, should have. Today's the day to change that. We hope you're learning from Pastor Mark's teachings and being encouraged to seek a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus. The Bible makes it clear that the road following Jesus will be difficult. It also tells us that the road away from Jesus appears to be easier, but will in the end lead to eternal destruction and separation from God. May God have mercy on us all and lead us into a deeper walk with Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Well, this concludes the teaching, would've, could've, should've, didn't. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new message. We'll find Jesus sending out 72 disciples to replicate what he had been doing on a one-by-one basis. Pastor Mark will be emphasizing the need for us to stop being spectators and to begin going out in Jesus' name and changing the world around us for his sake. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.